Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, third and final hour, Sharp Money. Jared Smith in for Patrick today. I'm Shaw here. And joining us on the desk, in the flesh. I haven't seen you in a while. Adam it's Burke, been a while. Senior been, analyst. I'm good, but I am grinding my way through a baseball season that is filled with many uh, no-run, yes-run, first-inning sweats, disasters, some wins, some losses, and a lot of fun. What is the overall vibe of the baseball landscape as we now approach trade deadline a few days away? I think first your definition of fun is different from mine. Probably so there true. is that look, I mean, obviously a lot of the talk right now is on the trade deadline with that being nine days. Well, no a week away, actually Yeah, uh, nine days away from the release of the Vista college football betting. That's guide, more which important. Is why I had that in mind. But yeah, I mean, we're a week away from the trade deadline. Obviously there are a lot of moving parts, some very interesting things. I think last night with San Diego losing to Pittsburgh, I think that kind of cements their status as being a seller. I thought they had to sweep that wow. series because just because of the way the national league playoff picture looks, but they lose last night. Darvish doesn't look very good. We'll see what they do tonight with Snell in a massive favorite role. But I just think at this point in time, there's probably too much equity for the Padres not to sell. And you got a series for the angels coming up too against the tigers where you know, the tigers are maybe closer to the angels level than people realize, but those are games you got to win if you want to be a playoff contender. So some interesting series here coming up this week. And then obviously this weekend that will kind of determine what the path will be for teams on Monday and Tuesday. And I think Adam brings up a couple of great points. First of all, I thought the Padres season ended at citizens bank ballpark. When they pulled Blake Snell out of the game against the Phillies early in that one, they blow it. And then they end up losing the next two games after that. And so for me, the Padres are done. They get shelled yesterday with Darvish on the bump. And I think in Adam's case, I don't want to speak for Adam, but just having had an opportunity to kind of get to know him over the last six months, I think Adam is hoping like myself for probably a potential baseball strike. Really? No, we, you know, listen, he's a big college football guy. He's an Ohio State guy. Of course, Hasn't he loves talking about football. Since 94, right? Well, there was yeah. a strike in between then, right? 94 was the last baseball. They got real close. Yeah. They got close they a couple close. times. Are we even in danger of that? Or is no, this no, no, no. They just signed an agreement okay, in 22. Okay, They're okay. fine. But no. you, you, you <laughs> asked him the question. So here's the thing. We had actually a great conversation during the commercial we break. Did. If you had like $12 million, what would you do? And, I, you know, you were saying you would probably like bet, play, dice, whatever. Uh, 
Adam, Dustin, myself, we all said we'd never be in a casino ever again. And the you reality, guys are the smart ones. Well, I'm the I don't know about one. that, but I just love hanging I, out I here drinking tell, my mimosas and playing craps. Again, I don't want to speak for Burke and his wife, but I know what they would be doing. They'd be on the tour. I just want to know what bands you'd be following around the country. I, I wouldn't follow any band because I'd be able to see anyone that I wanted to. Private jet, so. fly into the Taylor Swift concert, boom, in and out that night. Not a Swifty, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of selling, though, this is the most interesting topic of conversation that I think I've had on a show in the last month or so, and it's surrounding the Shohei Otani. I don't even want to call it a dilemma because I think there are two very obvious, logical ways to approach this. What the Angels should do and what they will do. They should trade Shohei Otani. To me, that makes more sense than almost any business decision I've ever made in my life coming down to where I go shopping for my groceries every day. But will the Angels trade Shohei Otani? I think the answer to that question is the more fascinating one. Yeah, I mean, sad to say, I think the answer is no. I mean, I, I think they should. I understand why they don't. I mean, from a PR standpoint, it it's very hard to defend. Agreed. And especially at the gate, it's really, really hard to defend because – Look, you may only have this guy for two months, but he is the best baseball player that we will probably ever see. So unless you want attendance to really bottom out. Now, of course, there are advanced ticket sales and, and stuff like that, but there will be a lot of people in the month of September that will go see Shohei Otani because they can, because he could be a Met next year. He could be a Dodger. He could be a Mariner. He could be who knows where he winds up going from a baseball standpoint, 10 times out of 10, hundred times out of a hundred thousand times out of a thousand, you make that deal. Because your minor league system is pathetic, has been for a long time. And say what you will about Mike Trout and concerns about the back and all that. You still have this guy for a long time and you need to build around him. He's had one playoff series in his career. One, which is embarrassing. So the Angels should trade Otani. I don't think that they're going to. I think they're still going to cling to this idea that they have a chance to make the playoffs when I really don't think that they do. But yeah, I think it's going to be anybody who wants an Otani deal probably ends up being disappointed. Yeah, I, I agree with Adam completely. To me, this is an absolute no-brainer. Uh, by the way, the Angels have Mike Trout, including uh, next year, for another seven seasons. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's a, that's a long way to go. It, Adam's absolutely right. You've got to replenish your farm system as much as you can. You've got the best piece that you're ever going to have. I mean, even they could have traded Trout years ago and gotten something, Adam. I'm excuse, excuse me, Jared, when you look at this, but if they stay with this guy, what are they looking for, to get into a wild card? That's best case, I think, because well, I don't think you're passing both Houston and Texas. Maybe one, not the other. And I'll say this. I just fired up over at vcin.com. So this is my form of protest. I believe that the trade deadline should be an off day for everybody. It is a very, very emotional day for the teams, for the players, very for good their point. families. Right, exactly. on the field during a game. And then I mean, I remember, so I was in Akron at a Akron Arrows game when the Ubaldo Jimenez trade was coming down for Cleveland. And Colorado knowing he was traded still sent him out there. Wow. And he started that game and he gave up like five runs in the first inning, something like that. He had no idea where home plate was. He was an emotional wreck. I mean, people call it the business of baseball and you know, all of us do our jobs when we have stuff going on and all that. But the trade deadline is just a very difficult thing. You know, well, you're your, your kids, your kids yeah. play with that guy's kids. Your we don't wives work get the together. Day that we're moving. Right. Exactly. Moving day tends to be a day that we're so moving. So what I do, this is my form of protest over at vston.com on trade deadline day. Next Tuesday, I will be doing a live blog, updating all the trades that happen, any futures odds that move around, stuff like that. Obviously there are some guys very much in the Cy young discussion who could end up being moved next Monday, next Tuesday. So I'll be doing that, but long story short, 
when I put this up yesterday, Otani was minus 220 at DraftKings to stay with the Angels. It's minus 265 now, and I would expect that to continue growing Should as be minus we get 600, forward. Here. Frankly, yeah, I, I would be very, very shocked if they traded him, and they could lose all their games between now and next Tuesday. I'd Won't still matter. be surprised if they traded him. By the way, I said they should push the trade deadline to September 1st. Then it gives teams more of a concrete situation where you want to make a push. Like, Is it the non-waiver, the, right? The non-waiver. They don't do that anymore. They don't do the I think they took that anymore. out in the CBA. Mm, interesting. But look, I mean, with the extra playoff spot, I mean, it does make it difficult to know exactly where yeah, you stand, whether 100%. you're a buyer or a seller. With that said, though, if you are a seller, I mean, this is a perfect trade deadline for you because everybody in the playoff picture, even the Braves, who are like the best team we've seen in a long time, even they need pitching help. They desperately so need every one help. of the teams that's a contender needs pitching help from a seller. So there's a lot of leverage out there. If you're a team that has a viable working starting pitcher or reliever to really maximize your return and maximize your investment. And I think that's a good thing not to get into a huge macro discussion about baseball, but I think it's a really good thing for the game going forward because we're starting to see more parity. Now it seems like the angels getting better Baltimore leading the American league East stuff like that. They're going to be some teams that get some really good prospects here for rental pitchers yeah. or rental position players that should eventually help kind of close the gap a little bit and make everybody a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Uh, the balls being juiced. I saw this, uh, by the way, you're uh, the baseball podcast out today, right? You mm-hmm. have picks on the card and I saw one of the topics balls juiced. I, I did kind of tweet out tongue in cheek last night that I think the balls are juiced and your article that you sent me like six months ago about last year, the balls, I don't want to call them juice, but they were, I guess, different. Certain balls weighted heavier in different spots. Tell me why the balls aren't juice, but also talk about that situation in baseball and why there might be a little discrepancy between the baseballs. So I wouldn't put it past Rob Manfred to do anything that changes kind of the integrity or the, or the fundamental nature of the game. So I think it is very much possible that at some point there could be a new ball introduced into play and perhaps it has already happened, but I will say that when you look at the data from the first nine days of July compared to the last 10 days of July, so basically before the all-star break after the all-star break average fly ball distance is only up one foot. The home run to fly ball percentage is up more than a percent. However, the infield fly ball percentage is down over 2%. So basically what I think is happening here is when guys are making fly ball contact, they're simply making better fly ball contact. They're not popping things up as much, which means they are able to drive the baseball. Also people I'm sure have noticed it's been absurdly hot around the country, really hot, humid, record high temperatures, all that kind of thing. Plus we saw a big uptick in offense with pitchers coming back from the all-star break that had been off eight, nine, 10 days, something like that. The home run to fly ball percentage is still high, even with guys making their second starts. But I think it just largely has to do with making a little bit better quality of contact on fly balls right now. I don't think that there's enough statistical evidence to say that the balls are juiced, but there have been more home runs. So of course people will kind of say that. (laughs) Well, I mean, to your point right now, when you look around the country, it is insanely hot in the summertime and you see the numbers reflecting that, but you know, a couple of years ago, I think the Twins had, what, like 10 guys that were double digits in home runs yeah. on their team. The I balls mean, were very juiced in yeah, 2019. Exactly. Yeah. So I think seven teams broke what was the original yes. record for home the, runs yeah. hit in a season. And it wasn't the COVID manufacturing issue caused some of the mm-hmm. lingering effects in 21 and 22, but 
that article, I think it was Insider that put that article out in December. I mean, the evidence was pretty was pretty overwhelming that there was not only two, three different balls used last season. I, by the way, real quick, I'll tell you one thing they got to go to. They got to go to robo-umps. Oh, the, the ball strike call, I some of these guys, they're dinosaurs behind the plate. It's really bad. I got the benefit of a call a couple days ago. It was so egregious. The Cubs-Cardinals game the other day with the in the eighth inning, there was a bad one. There's been some That's the one. Hey, that's exactly the one. Yeah, that's exactly there what There have been, and they have the technology, right, Adam? Because we see it on the television broadcast every day. You yeah. see the ball come right across the plane. It hits the little corner. Just buzz them right in their ear. Strike. And it's very, very quick. The batter just taps his helmet, and if the umpire agrees, they review it. It takes seconds. It's a very easy thing to do. I will say, though, not I know we're on up against the break, but all the rule changes that they've been experimenting with in the minor leagues have been a giant pain in the backside this season because you've had so many pitcher injuries and dudes getting called up. Like, AAA has the automated strike zone. Walk rates are higher there than they have been because of it. In AA, they had pre-tacked balls with, like, kind of a stickier substance on the outside. Like, nobody could hit the first month and a half of the season. It's been very frustrating to analyze minor league stats as guys get called up. Baseball changes. People fear change, but sometimes the rules are good. Adam Burke, one more segment, right, bud? College yes, football sir. as well, and we'll maybe touch on some more baseball best bets for tonight here on Sharp Money. Stay with us on VEASAN. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com picks page, short picks by sport matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard, view betting records, profit ROI, see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $19, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Jared Smith in for Patrick today here on Sharp Money. Amal Shaw and Adam Burke joining us as well for another segment. Follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Does a great job with the Daily Baseball Bets podcast, which I think we should talk about now because there are baseball games starting in, oh, about an hour or so. What is on your card tonight, Mr. Burke? Yeah, three plays for me. I, the, the first one, like, I'm going to go ahead and lay it with the Brewers. I mean, look, Corbin Burns has been phenomenal in his two starts since the break. And it's not just Corbin Burns, like, figuring something out or anything like that. He's leveraging his curveball much, much more effectively in these last two starts. Tons of swing and miss. A lot more pitch efficiency from him than we've seen throughout the course of the season. And Andrew Abbott is a guy for the Reds who's a pretty big negative regression candidate. You know, right now you look at him, 210 ERA, sounds great, but a 344 expected ERA, 407 FIP. He's allowed a lot of hard contact for a guy with a 192 batting average on balls in play. And while the Brewers were downright awful against lefties early in the season, since June 15th, they're actually a top 10 offense in that split. So, I'm going to trust Burns. Also, Alexis Diaz has pitched four the last six days and been used a ton for the Reds. So their best reliever probably unavailable here today after having to be used yesterday. Brewers bullpen's in better shape. It's a little bit of a stiff number where you know, kind of look at those two teams and you would think they're relatively equal, but Brewers have just been much more prepared, winning six of the last seven, all of them in the last three weeks against Cincinnati. I laid it with Burns today, minus 145. I like it. I'm all. Yeah, no, I like the call here as well. And you, you, we talked about it earlier in the show, Jared. Cincinnati missed a great opportunity last night, Adam. They were up two to one. And I know it's not a large margin, obviously, but in crucial games like this, they're just one and six in the last seven against the Brew Crew. Yeah, that's that's not a way to win a division when you have, I think, one of the biggest deficiencies perhaps in baseball with the Reds pitching staff day to day. They just don't seem like a team that's going to be able to stay in a lot of these games unless their offense is doing Ellie De La Cruz magical unicorn things. The thing I will say, I mean, these guys are getting a, a lot of high stress. You know, they're they're getting it's true. kind of thrown into the deep end of the pool in a good spot, yeah. right? I mean, everybody's come up on the position player side. Now you've got these starters coming up as well. And again, this will be a much different looking team when Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo come back, hopefully next month. As long as they can hang on through then, they'll get some big-time mm. reinforcements. But long-term, whether they win the Central or not, this is a phenomenal season for the Cincinnati oh, Reds. Way above. What was their win total of the year? 70-something probably? Yeah, it was super low. And again, I mean, this division is not good. No, I mean, it's Milwaukee, not. they're going to have to make a Corbin Burns decision this offseason. And after taking him to arbitration, alienating him over $749,000, he's not going to sign there long-term. No. Brandon Woodruff, they'll still have to figure out as well. The Reds are very well positioned to have potentially a long run in this division because the Pirates aren't getting any better. The Cubs kind of are what they are. And the Cardinals, while they should be better next year, they have a ton to rebuild with that pitching staff. So the Reds are in great shape. Whether they win this division or not, they're in great shape going forward. Mm. What else on your card tonight, Adam? So I got another one I like today. And 
look, I mean, Baltimore is playing out of this world right now, and I give them a ton of credit, but I, I do like Philadelphia here today. Kyle Gibson on the bump for Baltimore, Taiwan Walker going for the Phillies in this one. Walker about eight starts ago made an adjustment him and Caleb Cotham, who was a former coach with driveline baseball, which is a name that a lot of people know in, in baseball and, and baseball betting circles. Um, you know, they made a change. They kind of added a little bit more fluidity to his delivery, kind of made it a little bit more athletic. And in turn, he added some velocity and he just wound up getting much, much better. So over his last eight starts, 234 ERA, 318 FIP, he's been good. Kyle Gibson's been the opposite. The other thing is I think, Yesterday, Baltimore wins a one-run game without Bautista, without Cano. Yeah. Rushman gets a day off after winning three out of four against Tampa Bay. This sort of feels almost like a difficult situational spot, which I typically don't like to dive into in baseball because I'm such an analytics-driven guy. But I think this is a really tough one, and also there's a chance of a rain delay to start this game. The longer that goes, the more I think Baltimore is kind of like, eh, you know what? We're kind of okay with a day off or something fat like that. And happy, right? right. So I, I think, I think the Phillies happy right now and the Phillies, they used a weird lineup yesterday too. I know. Cause I had the over in that game. <laughs> JT Romuto didn't play. Alec Bohm didn't play. It was a strange lineup for them. Their bullpen's in better shape than Baltimore's right now as well. So I think it was worth laying the short number on the Phillies. Hmm. Important game here for Philadelphia as they continue to chase. And you mentioned with Baltimore, they've been on fire but this could be a little bit of a tough spot. Yeah, and I, I think now that the season is getting shorter and shorter with each passing day, Adam, right, the situational spots tend to pop up a little bit more pronounced, I guess, because there's fewer games. So this could be another interesting one, but, man, it's tough. It's tough to fade the Orioles right now with that bullpen. Third pick on your card today. What do you got? Yeah, the only other one I have is the Cubs, and they're, this line's kind of dancing around a little bit right now. The Cubs were a short favorite throughout most of the market this morning. It's kind of more of a money line pick em type situation now. I just think it. I mean, first of all, the Cubs are they're driving towards 500. They're the only team in the Central Division in the National League with a positive run differential, and it's quite <laughs> positive is- with that. Bonkers. I know, right? As somebody with an overseas win total, I'm super thrilled about it. But the Cubs, I mean, they're just playing better. They won five out of six. The White Sox are just a bad baseball team yet again. They're going to trade half of their, well, 40% of their starting rotation, probably in Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn. Dylan Cease may ultimately get traded too. Just a lot going on with this White Sox team where I don't think they're super invested in baseball. And Michael Kopech, with the shoulder fatigue that he's been dealing with, better start last time out but he's not missing bats like he was earlier on in the season. So I think Kyle Hendricks matches up well here with a white Sox team. That's super aggressive, likes to chase, doesn't make a lot of quality contact. I think the Cubs is a short favorite or worth it tonight. Mm. Did I see, I think I saw this earlier. The Cubs have the best, the most patient approach. They take, take the most pitches in baseball this year. Sounds right. They walk a good amount. Yeah. They struck out a lot too. Yeah. But they, well, they are take, pretty when you take, you take, you can take ball four. You can also take strike three, right? right. Yep. <laughs> so the Cubs, the Phillies and the Brewers on Adam Burke's card today, of course, VEASAN, um daily baseball bets podcast, college football guides coming out. I am a contributor this year. I'm very excited about that because I filled out and I don't do this often because I think it's a really hard mental exercise to pick every conference champion and the final four and the national playoff, you know, the, you know, who's going to be in the semis and the final, that is a very hard exercise, but I think it's a valuable one because it gets your brain kind of in a macro sense, ready for college football season. Adam, is there a team? Is there a strand? Is there a storyline? Is there something that you're just so excited about to dive into with the college football board this year? Well, it's sort of my MO. So I'm going to talk about the Sun Belt while okay. we got three minutes left fun in this belt. segment. Come on, because baby. I, I love go. the Fun Belt. I love the midweek games. It's a conference that's 
really, really interesting. And it's the Sunbelt East division that I want to attack here. And maybe this is me kind of being upset with what happened last year. I thought Georgia Southern would be terrible. They went from a spread option offense to going to kind of a throw it around the yard type of offense. They were much more up tempo. It was just a variety of different things offensively that I thought would kind of trip them up. They did not. They turned out really good offensively. Wound up having a pretty good season overall. When you look at the East division in the Sun Belt, and this is a hell of a transition from baseball, by the way. App State is a team that's just not on the same level. The further they get away from guys like Scott Satterfield and Eli Drinkwitz, the more it feels like Sean Clark is struggling a little bit with that program. Jamie Chadwell leaves Coastal Carolina. Tim Beck, everybody thinks is a pretty big downgrade. Still has Grayson McCall, but still Grayson McCall running a different offense now. Marshall, they played the most boring set of games ever last year. They won by an average of, I think it was 19 to 16 in conference games. <laughs> Super thrilling. Their defense was incredible. They were the best defense in the country in third down conversion rate against. I think regression's coming for them. So I think the East division is pretty wide open. James Madison lost their quarterback yeah. and a whole bunch of stuff. Otherwise, I kind of like Georgia Southern to win the East. I think it's plus 750 at DraftKings. I think it's worthwhile to take them to win the conference too, even though there'll be a dog against either Troy or South Alabama. But I think in a wide open, high variance conference, Georgia Southern with their offense is a really, really interesting team to look at. By, by the way, I'll tell you right now, I thought you were going to say that Tim Beck is an upgrade. No, absolutely not. It was going to be it was going to be nuclear war here. Amal, do you remember when? when oh, I wish when, I would have said it then. All these <laughs> all these win totals dropped. Remember yes. these win totals? And I looked at you and I said, I think Georgia Southern over six and a half is going to happen. Plus five fifty. You absolutely now, by the way. said so that. So a little coming down that price a little bit because maybe some sharps like yourself betting Georgia Southern. Bryn Davis not come DraftKings though. We're not. Yeah, to no, do that. yeah. Well, Bryn Davis, the transfer at Tulsa, was pretty effective at quarterback. I agree with you in terms of where they are at this team with Georgia Southern. That's absolutely right. The transition from where they went offensively to where they are now, this team didn't have too much of a hiccup. You mentioned it. By the way, I don't know if there's a team in Division One last year that was more boring to watch outside of San Diego State than Marshall. <laughs> San Diego State won a bunch of games last year, though, right? San, let me tell you, to San watch, Diego State but effective. Yeah, if you, I mean, it was great at the end of the night because their game's played in two and a half hours because every three <laughs> plays, they just run up the middle. If they don't get a first down, it's a punt. We don't have to worry about that on the West Coast. Yeah. We love the timing of the games out here. It's always earlier than expected. Adam Burke, great stuff. The VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets has a new episode every week that help you become a better baseball better. That man, Adam Burke, goes through each game, each lineup, and gets you plenty of his best bets every day. Check out VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us, bud. Absolutely. College Football Guy, nine days away. Very Looking excited about it. that. I have two win totals, which I'll get to at the end of the show, that are going to be in there. Maybe I'll just tease one, right? You don't want to give out the farm. Keep, the, keep some of the good stuff protected. Stay with us here on Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet five, get 150 in bonus money instantly. You can use promo code VSIN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Sharp Money continues. Jared Smith in for Patrick today. Amal Shaw here as well. And joining us now, ESPN and SEC network analysts to continue the college football conversation, which we have talked a lot about today. He also is a serious XM host. None other than Chris Doring. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Doring. And Chris, we were kind of getting into some of the Harbaugh news and some of the other things happening with Alabama today. I think the Alabama stuff, especially with the quarterback situation and that division, which I think LSU 
might be a bit of a, I don't want to call them sneaky because we know they're very talented, but maybe they're a little bit closer to Alabama than the odds are indicating. Right now, Alabama is the favorite to win the SEC West minus 105, LSU 2-1. What's your take on the Alabama-LSU debate? Which team do you think has the inside track to be playing in the SEC championship game? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm all about LSU, and I, I don't really understand the Alabama law, but certainly, you know, uh, I think Nick Saban's the greatest to ever do it. Uh, I understand the history of success they've had, but when you look at, at the rosters, when you look at the quarterback position, uh, Jaden Daniels returning for LSU, I think he's the best quarterback in the conference. Uh, you look at uh, Malik Neighbors. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the conference. You look at the defense. You get Mason Smith back. It's like a, a free agent transfer getting him after losing him in the first game last year. Uh, Harold Perkins Jr. I mean, they they got so many players that I feel really good about. Brian Kelly did an absolute bang up job in year number one in Baton Rouge. So I think they're the favorite. And then I look at I look at Alabama uh, quarterback issues. Don't know who's taking over. That's Offensive line has been a problem the last couple of years, and the receiver position has really been a bit of a disappointment. I, I don't understand the lack of development. They certainly recruit the best players at those two positions, but they haven't had luck the last couple of years in developing them the way that we've come to expect in Tuscaloosa. Chris, I want to go to your former school, the Florida Gators. They bring in Graham Mertz, the transfer from uh, Wisconsin. I'm not necessarily enamored with him. But what does this team need to do to really get back on track to where Florida was at one point in time? Uh, and in your opinion, is Billy Napier the guy to get them to that level? Yeah, I, I think he is absolutely the, the guy to get them to that level. I've uh, been really impressed with the plan that he's had in place for uh, taking over this job. I think it's a job that nobody had uh, an idea of just how extensive it actually was. This, this roster has been completely devoid of, of SEC elite talent. Uh, so trying to hit the recruiting trail, trying to hit the transfer portal has been job number one. Florida has one of the top uh, recruiting classes set for the 2024 class right now. And uh, the problem is, is that those guys are not on campus. And when they do get on campus, uh, they're going to be, you know, some, some projects in terms of development. Uh, I think the defense is going to be a lot better this year. Austin Armstrong takes over a much more talented uh, defensive side of the ball than what Patrick Tony had to deal with last year. Uh, I think the offensive line and the running back group is going to be the strengths of this team. Uh, and then Graham Mertz, if he can just be a, a, a manager of the game, if he can limit the turnovers, if he can make the throws when he, he has the opportunities, I, I think this team uh, can be a little bit better than what people expect. But let's be honest, guys, the Vegas over-under win total is only five and a half. That is certainly not Florida Gator-esque. Mm. It certainly is not. My mom, who is a Gator alum, would not be happy with that win total, and, and she knows nothing about the team, but I'm sure she would bet over blindly. Um, we're, joined, we're joined here by Chris Thoring, ESPN, and ABC analyst. You can also find him over at SiriusXM. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Thoring. So we've done half of a segment about the SEC. We haven't mentioned the defending national champs, the Georgia Bulldogs. It, it is a very interesting year for Georgia, not on the defensive side. I think they're going to be just as good on, on, on that side of the ball. Kirby Smart does, does such great work, but it's the the offensive side of the ball that I'm very interested in leaving is Todd Munkin, who I thought really was the architect. You get Mike Bobo now in at OC and Carson Beck, the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. So Chris, what are we going to be thinking about talking about looking at when we talk about this Georgia offense heading into this season? Yeah, I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite guys, because the things I held against Alabama, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback are things that are going on in Athens as well. And I just don't hold them against the Bulldogs quite as much as I do the tide uh, simply because I think the talent surrounding Carson Beck, we're assuming Carson Beck's going to win that job. 
but whoever wins that job is going to be surrounded by an offensive line that's the best in the conference and one of the best in the country. It's going to be surrounded by receivers that are elite, not only at the wide receiver spot, but the tight end spot, the best in the country. When you talk about Brock Bowers and company there, uh, the running back group is, is going to be strong again. And, and you mentioned the defense. We saw them two years ago lose five guys to the, the NFL draft in the first round, and they barely missed the beat last year. Uh, they'll lose a couple guys from, from last year's team, but I think the secondary will be better this year after a lot of young guys got the much-needed experience. And uh, we know what, what per, uh, Kirby Smart does in terms of recruiting and developing uh, front seven guys. Those guys will be nasty up front. So I have no doubt, given what they return, given the uh, schedule, uh, that they're going to finish the season 12-0 and and win another SEC championship game. Chris, let's go to back to the SEC West for a minute. College Station, a lot of pressure on Jimbo Fisher. You've got potentially Connor Wegman or Max Johnson at the starting quarterback as an all-SEC wide receiver in your career. You played with the greatest SEC quarterback of all time. I don't want to hear any Tim Tebow crap. Let's just shut it down right now before we go there. Danny Werfel's the best quarterback I saw. For, he won four SEC titles. Let me tell you, you have no idea how much money I spent on pay-per-view at Ohio State watching your team play. It is unbelievable. That fun gun team was unbelievable. By the way, the best game I ever saw was that when you guys put up 41 in the second half against the big orange, or I should call them the little orange in that game. But <laughs> tell me where A&M comes out here this year. Do you believe in Wegman or Max Johnson? Bro, you're getting me hype over here. <laughs> it's getting me hyped. I don't even go to Florida. They put up 41. <laughs> they scored 62. I mean, literally, I was just talking to Coach Spurrier about that game yesterday. We recorded a little podcast that I'm doing, and we were down, I think, like 31-14 right before yep. half. I kill your catches the touchdown to make it single digits, and then we go on a, a run where we score like six more consecutive touchdowns. So it was a, uh, an offensive shootout for sure for us. But um, back to your question about Texas A&M. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of high on Connor Wegman. You know, I think Connor Wegman had a chance to get his feet wet last year. We know about pedigree coming out of high school. Um, I, I'm interested to see <laughs> at, at the uh, SEC media days last week, uh, Jimbo Fisher would not admit that he was handing play calling duties over to Bobby Petrino. Mm. I'm interested to see how Bobby Petrino uh, develops Connor Wegman and Max Johnson for that matter. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see just how involved uh, Jimbo Fisher is. I talked to some defensive coordinators in the league from last year and just said, you know, Jimbo Fisher's play calling and offense in general was so antiquated. Uh, they need an infusion of, of life and some juice. So hopefully Bobby Petrino can do that. But this is a team I actually think we talked earlier about you know, LSU. I don't think LSU is a dark horse in the West at all because of, of, of all we talked about before. I think A&M actually could be a bit of a dark horse, which is saying a lot because the last two years they've been way overhyped. Anytime we get an Ike Hilliard reference on the show, I feel like it's a winning day for us here. That's right. At VC. <laughs> I don't think we I, can even go I, from there. Hold on one second. I forget AM. Who cares about them? They're going to be eight and four at best. Let's forget that. Listen, let's go back to this 95 team. This was <laughs> unbelievable. Let me tell you right now. These guys, I, I'm telling you, I was throwing remotes that day because I had taken the Gators in that game. That offense was so good. I'm, I'm, I still call him Super Danny Werfel because he's the best college quarterback I've seen. But you look at yourself, Hilliard and Reedell Anthony, Terry Jackson. And people forget how great this team was. It's impressive name drop. Yeah, I can right tell there. you, our receiving core was better than most that I was on in the NFL. You mentioned Ike Hillier, Riddell Anthony. Uh, it was me. It was Jacquez Green. It was Travis Green. Jacquez I mean, our five Green. wide was. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we we were better than any five that you could roll out there defensively. And always had a mismatch, and, and certainly Danny knew how to take advantage of it. It, it was so much fun being a part of that. Uh, run up in, in terms of success. I, I got four SEC championship rings in my five years there. 
I, I did miss out on the national championship, which obviously uh, we got blown out by Nebraska in that uh, uh, 96 Fiesta Bowl. But the guys came back the next year, won the schools first. And I feel like I, I had a small part in that, mm. at least the foundation of it. Based on your last answer, I think I know what you're going to say here, but I'll ask it anyways. So there were three teams last year in the SEC that didn't get to a bowl game. They failed to win six games, Vanderbilt, Auburn, and A&M. Of those three, A&M, the highest riser this year that you think yeah. have a chance to yeah. maybe make some noise? Yeah, there's a lot of, of returning uh, experience on both sides of the ball. I mean, last year, you go back and look at that front seven. They had 17- and 18-year-old guys getting starts in their front seven. So those guys will be better this year. You know, I think you, you look at the offensive line. I think those guys will be better. Anaya Smith comes, comes back from that injury that he suffered in September last season. That'll be a big addition. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little higher on Texas A&M than the other two. But I think, I think Auburn actually could be a little bit of a surprise this season. With Hugh Freeze taking over, there's a little bit of juice there in Auburn right now. And I, I think they could get to maybe six, seven wins possibly. Not surprised that Vanderbilt was not mentioned no but I'm, I'm more disappointed that i forgot number five quezzy green he was so good i'm, I'm gonna be distraught over that all night tonight <laughs> that's chris storing espn Dude. sec analyst and arguably amal shaw's favorite college football player um from from back in the 90s we appreciate i'm the time, telling you if you watch terry glenn at ohio state and you watch this receivers at florida there was nothing better on a college football center by the way you had to do the segment for free anyway i spent probably 200 hours that year having to pay pay-per-view to watch these guys you hear that, Chris? He's going to send uh, you a bill oh, yeah. in the mail. At least we delivered. <laughs> uh, at least we, we delivered wins for you, man. I appreciate you, did. you guys having me. Thank you. Good stuff, Chris Doring. Of course, catch him on Sirius XM as well. The SEC, tough conference to cap, but conference of champions, right? No Can't question. Can't argue with it. Stay with us here on Sharp Money. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide is out in just a couple of weeks. Our VSIN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and NFL seasons. Experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets, futures, and season win total. Sign up now before the end of July. Receive both guides and a full VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of $175. Or sign up on a monthly subscription. Get your first 30 days for only $19. See everything VSIN has to up your betting game. This offer ends July 31st. Don't miss out on the preseason deals. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Last licks here on Sharp Money. Jared Smith in for Patrick today. Amal Shah, who is coming down off of his 1995 Florida Gators high during that timeout. Are you back on level playing ground here, sir? Dude, Brad Nestler <laughs> had one of the great calls of all time during that season. Ohio State's playing Iowa. Yeah. It was 56-7 at halftime. Nestler, as he throws it back to the ESPN studio, goes, we'll let you know if the Buckeyes score at halftime. <laughs> I mean, it was – there were so many teams. Like, look, I, that was like my wheelhouse. I was in school at the time. Mid-90s college yeah, football. It was a good time big, for college football. Well, especially at Ohio State, right? 100%. Like, Eddie, wins the, Eddie George wins the Heisman yeah. Trophy. The Gators and Danny Werfel, people always forget. They go, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow. Look, it was Chris Leak that was a starter in the year they won in 06. Danny Werfel won four straight SEC titles. He loses to Florida State in 96. Revenge, they win by 32 in the national title game. They lose to what, in my opinion, is the greatest team I've ever seen. 2001, Miami is the greatest, the most talented team. 95, Nebraska won every game by 14 points or more. There's no other team that can make that claim, including LSU or Miami. I lost a lot of money on that national championship where Clinton Portis got hurt and Ohio State beat Miami in that game. That was a I remember betting McGahee. on Miami in that game. Well, first oh, mistake McGahee, was laying. You, the you. first mistake was laying 14 points. You had no shot against that defense. Well, yeah. first of all, right. I was a young whippersnapper back then, <laughs> not making smart betting decisions at the ripe old age. I won't give my age because it'll incriminate myself. But I was, uh, it was not a legal bet. <laughs> There's an that. asterisk on that national championship. <laughs> How do you what, is, because right? of the overtime penalty? I agree, it's a terrible call. Oh, However, yeah, the hold whole, on, hold yeah. on a second. Chris Gamble was inbounds on third down and 10 today it would have stayed right there first down games over because it would have been a review and the game would have been over it would never gone to overtime I, I did the penalty call in overtime on fourth down again the holding call for Jenkins was a terrible call there's no disagreement there but gamble was inbounds that was one of the first college football games I ever bet on by the way it really was that was like one of like the three times I cried because of sports I was living in South Florida at the time and again Miami was all the rage and the year before the Miami did not Hurricane, go well for the, the Kings. year before Miami was a seven and a half point favorite against Nebraska in the Rose Bowl. Still the greatest college football bet I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Well, yeah, those are some good pro tips that we could have had back in the late nineties, early two thousands. But I think Dustin Swedelson has a pro tip for us right now. Yeah. Pro tip came courtesy of both of you. You were in agreement on this earlier. If you really like an NFL futures bet, but the number is shorter than you prefer, it can be worth waiting to buy low on them following a loss in the NFL. Patience well, is a virtue. Real quick. I want to go back to that. It's not just after a loss, but here's the thing in the NFL, the numbers fluctuate so much because as you alluded to earlier, Jared, week to week results, we see Detroit right now. I think what uh, Dustin, they're plus plus one forty to win the uh, 
uh, NFC North. They play Kansas City in week one. If the Bears or the Packers, whichever team wins their game, and I don't remember who Minnesota opens with, if the Vikings win that game, that plus 275 might be down to 225 or so, and the Detroit Lions might be 185. Who knows where the adjustment's going to come in? I'm assuming that Detroit loses to Kansas City. Um, So there's some opportunities there. If you take a number, you can always get yourself in a position where you can hedge the play or do whatever you like. But I think the NFC North, the non-favorite, this might be the best division in football to make a bet on, whether it's Green Bay, Minnesota, or Chicago. Totally agree. Minnesota opens at home against Tampa. They're over a touchdown favorite. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they're going to win that game. It'll probably be one of the more popular suicide choices of week one, which is the hardest week in the NFL to bet because you have absolutely nothing to go off of except for preseason, which... As the other Harbaugh has mentioned many times, sometimes he'll just try to run 15 running plays in a row just because they want to work the offensive line. But the NFC North, to Amal's point, and to kind of wrap up this pro tip segment, it's just like a horse race. If you know the favorite's vulnerable, that is the most opportunity to win money, that value word that we use all the time in this space. That is where it exists. When the favorite is overvalued, it inherently makes the underdogs or the other teams in that division undervalued. Absolutely right. That's all we got. Best bets, though, now. What do we do here, Dustin? Do I just go and just give you what I've got for yeah, today? You just oh. unload it now. I mean, Amal's gonna unload. father of I'm the first inning. We're ready to go and here. And Sean's going to have to clean it all up later with tissues. Well, we can, we can worry about that later. Sean is very good at his job. Um, my two favorite plays of the night are both of the first inning variety. What a surprise. Uh, the no-run first inning, Miami-Tampa. Love that. Edward Cabrera going for Miami tonight. Um, Flamethrower. Tampa's offense has been struggling on the other side. It's Glass now. If the Marlins score on the top of the first against Glass now, you just tip your cap to the worst first inning offense in baseball. Obviously, the other side of that matchup we're concerned about. Tampa Bay can be dangerous. Their offense has not looked very dangerous lately. And you see that total at seven and a half. That tells me less on the offensive side in this game. One of the lower totals on the board today. My favorite Yes, run first inning play today. Random one, but you know what? I love the pitching matchup here. Washington and Colorado. Austin, Gomber, and Trevor Williams. These guys give up long balls. They pop them like Pez. Two of the worst starting pitchers in baseball in terms of home runs per nine innings, and that obviously translates to the first inning. Gomber, 12-8, and eight, Nerfy record this year. Very average, 4-4 four and four on the road. Trevor Williams, 12-8, and 6-3 at home, which is just not good. You should be well above 70% with your home Nerfy rate on the year, and Trevor is one of the worst pitchers in baseball in terms of his home Nerfy percentages. The other, pitch, uh, the other play I like tonight is later. And it is the Rich Hill over two and a half earned runs prop against the uh, Padres. We all know the Padres might be sellers of the deadline. Rich Hill is not a good pitcher. Two and a half earned runs to me is very fair, especially when it's a lefty going up against that very right-handed heavy hitting Padres lineup. Soto hits lefties well. Machado at the top. Also fantastic numbers against Rich Hill in his career. So those are my three plays I'll give out. Rich Hill over two and a half earned runs. Your fee in Washington, Colorado. Nerfy in Miami and Tampa. Like the Diamondbacks, minus a run and a half, plus 152. Merrill Kelly against Steven Matz here. They're on a losing streak. I think they get uh, back on track tonight. For Close me, tabs? Or uh, do you have plays? Best I've got bets? four plays for you. Oh, four plays. Let's go. Reds Brewers, first five, under four and a half. Love the pitching matchup. Think that there's going to be limited on runs there with, with Abbott because the Brewers do not hit lefties well. They're, yeah. they're the second worst team OPS-wise against left-hand pitching this season in all of baseball. Also going to go first five under four and a half Mariners and Twins. Again, Lopez and Kirby, I think they'll limit each other. I don't trust either offense to score a lot of runs, which is why I'll do that. 
This is a weird one for me. I'm actually going to back the New York Mets at wow. minus 132. I think the Yankees might actually be a bigger dumpster fire than the Mets at this point. And then this is a flyer at a plus price. The Red Sox plus $1.20 going with an opener Schreiber versus the Braves. Braves haven't been great coming out of the All-Star. No, break. they have not. Charlie Morton, I love. I think he's a very good pitcher, but at 40 years old, maybe later in the season, he may not have his best stuff. As Uncle we go Charlie? Down the stretch. Chuck Morton. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's a few guys in the Red Sox lineup that have, that have tagged him for some homers. And this Red Sox team has been pretty hot coming out of the All-Star break. So I'm going to ride the team that I think has a little bit more momentum than the other way. The and father then, of the first five? Are we going to start calling you no, now? No, no, no. It's, that's too many children for me to have. <laughs> many five children. innings of children, that's too much. That's way too many children. One inning is enough. All right, so now are we doing the closed test? This is Almost. I, I, lo- I love this, by the way. Almost there. I got to do my top 10 every day. Oh, we yes, top 10. Of my top 10. We're doing my top 11 because I couldn't. I had to include Dylan Gabriel, who I just can't quit, and he's always going to let me down. My top 11, Heisman long shots, meaning they're 25 or greater, currently on the board, and we're going to do today. Today is the ACL variety. We're going to have number eight, Cam <laughs> rising at 80 to one. Look, the, the, he's coming over 20 ACL. I get that. But like back-to-back Rose Bowls with him under center, back-to-back Pac-12 titles. He's a super tough guy, which means in big games, we could get Heisman moments from him, which yeah. I think is always important. The only thing that may hurt us is those Heisman moments might come week one, week two versus Florida versus Baylor. Those could be when they come. We may forget about them by the time voting happens. Yeah. But 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions a year ago. But he could pad his stats late in the year. They finish at Arizona versus Colorado to v- very bad defenses. He could put up monster numbers. I think Utah is going to be a very good team out of the Pac-12. I think they could potentially win the league. And if they do so, it will be on the back of Cam Rising. I like it because they get SC in Los Angeles in October. That will be a marquee game. And you're playing against the current Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams. So a good opportunity for him. And by the way, he's beaten USC three times. Yeah. Cam Rising, that game last year was twice. nuts. Yeah. USC and Utah. It was one of the craziest games of the college football season. Are we going through the rest of them? How and do we just one more Blake yeah. Corum, number seven on my list. Look, another guy coming off an injury. It's a bet on Michigan at a longer price and a bet against JJ McCarthy. I just don't think in the pro style offense, he will have the numbers that will be impressive enough to win the Heisman trophy. I think Corum is the guy that carries the load. I am concerned that they have a great RB two in Donovan Edwards, but this is a guy in 11 games and two carries, had 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns, 5.9 yards per pop. He is a stud. Number one in PFF's wins above average in 2022. I like him as a Heisman long shot. I think he's the second best running back in the Big Ten. The only reason I don't like the play is you referenced it, Donovan Edwards. I think Corum's injury last year will cause them to be cautious. And Michigan's going to blow out a lot of teams. Second half of games, I don't know if he's going to play that much. Good point. Appreciate all the guests. Anthony Broom, Travis Rye, Ryan Reynolds, Adam Burke, and Chris Doring, Amal Shaw, Jared Smith, Dustin Sweetelson, and you hanging out with us on Visa and Sharp Money. Thanks for the time. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. 
or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.